Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I am Josh Why, and I'm joined on the line by my buddy Josh Root. It's been a very, very chaotic week for both of our lives, so it's uh, good to actually have a time where we're both available to our podcast uh, this week. Yeah, that's right, haters. I'm still alive. I still exist. My yeah. name will still be on the show. <laughs> There's a few, uh, a few, tw- <laughs> a few tweets. Uh, great, you're making me work hard early with um, some bleep buttons and editing. Thank you for that. But uh, a few people it tweeted. Was, it was pre-warned. It was pre-warned. I know. Um, a few people tweeted that you're uh, you've big phased out of the show. That's not the case. Um, just a uh, just a hectic week for us uh, on you know in our lives. So we had Coldplay on. Tuesday night, I had my work Christmas party then on Wednesday night, and then you had a wedding all day yesterday, and you're severely hungover today, is that correct? Um, no, I don't get hungover. I so you're still intoxicated? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was kind of cool. Um, they had like a hangover kit when you left, which came with like hydrolyte and chewing gum and water and things like that, which I thought was a pretty quirky farewell gift from a wedding yeah that's that fair. was pretty cool that's fair enough well after my christmas party i had to go and buy my own barocca so thanks to that company no, for not supplying me with a hangover no. kit when i had to back up and work at three hours later it's not <laughs> yeah i got home it i got home it i got actually slept on uh nixon and brad's couch on uh wednesday night um in save the trip home I, st- I got home at like three and i started work at seven how was that how was that? Was that comfortable for you? Uh, look, I'll say this, because at this point, Nixon and Brad are long gone from listening to this show, that they do not care at all. Um, yeah, not the best couch. About a 3 out of 10 in terms of sleepability. I did learn after, wow. I did learn after uh, after the night that it was a fold-out, so I didn't actually fold it out. So that's probably on me. Um, but anyway, like at, at 3 a.m. in the morning, you're not thinking about the dynamics and, uh, you know, what, what can be folded and what can't be folded on a, uh, on a couch. No, no, no. So, uh, that's, that's where we're at. Uh, and also you messaged me yesterday, uh, a photo of a lasagna pie. Yeah, mate. Uh, I, do you remember this in high school when we were kind of claiming that it was like, our invention. I remember inventing. Was, I remember me solely inventing it, and Sean trying to steal a patent for it, and you backing yeah, you, you backing me up. Yeah, this whole this whole thing. Um, it's been a long running thing, but apparently, yeah, you know, it's been getting done for years. <laughs> I know. It, I want to eat one. Anyway, Where was it? Tasted great. Tasted oh. amazing, and it was from like a little Italian pastry shop. And twas awesome, twas very good. And then, you know, it was it was one of those instances where everyone's just having a coffee, but you're hungry, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to grab a pie. And then by the end of it, I had to wait for everyone else because they saw how much I enjoyed the lasagna pie, so they all bought one. Wow! So it was as and good then, as it sounds. 
was very good. The cheese was very, very hot, but oh. it it was it was like stringy mozzarella cheese coming out of a pie, which was incredible. It's amazing, and I, that's that was my idea all along. Is that you know those little canteen lasagnas you used to get at high school? The issue was always trying to get it out of the corner, and it was just like I just wanted to pick it up and eat it like a burger, and that's why I thought, you know, what if we just put a layer of pastry around that thing and just and make it a pie? And uh, you know when you know when you cook a lasagna and like you don't even care if there's like little bits of burnt cheese they're like they're good that burnt cheese like tastes good on top of that like you know that that crispy layer on top that is just if that is there's a little bit of cheese on top of the pastry on the pie oh my god it's that's amazing it's that's just unreal i i that that perked me up on uh on friday i was in the middle of a long shift and the lasagna pie i Got me, it got me through the rest of the day and, and onto the weekend now. And, uh, I, I do want to mention as well the reason I was probably down a little bit yesterday was, uh, Craig Sager passing away. Uh, very, very sad. Um, lost his battle yeah. with cancer, but I really enjoyed the tributes on, uh, on the various ESPN programs and, and TNT yesterday. I thought Rachel Nichols was sensational on her show, uh, sort of reporting it live on air. Um, she said she knew it was coming, so she was able to, Really get herself ready and prepared for for that type of announcement. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very sad, and uh, I, I miss I will miss that guy's uh, crazy suits and and laughter and and uh, exchanges with Greg Popovich. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that in sports for a, for a while. No, but I mean, with out with the old thing, the old traditions, and then you know, with that that came out wrong when <laughs> yeah. when you know when something you know when someone passes on or you know there's always something that comes in some new tradition some new trend that i'm sure will yeah. replace it I, and that we'll learn to love <laughs> you maybe you are a little bit drunk or you <laughs> completely stuff that up but i understand the set of it you're saying that um you know when one uh, when one passes away we may get a new legend uh you know that we can yeah i was trying to say it in a way that didn't sound like oh yeah, yeah well now yeah, He's gone. We'll find well, someone else. Yeah, let's like it's just like players that retire. You get new superstars in. You know, you lose Peyton Manning this year, and you get Dak Prescott. So you know, it, it all just happens that, uh, the way that wow. it, the way that it goes. Wow. All right. Uh, high praise, high praise, Dak Prescott. Oh, I think he's, he's pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't say that far, but I'm just saying there's a new superstar around that you can you can cheer and enjoy watching. All right, let's start with the Patriots. They claimed wide receiver Michael Floyd off waivers from the Cardinals. Uh, so Michael Floyd was uh, cut by the Cardinals for a DUI incident, and just, you know, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and he's having a really, really bad season. He was uh, arrested. He was he was asleep at the wheel. Um, so he was on that really bad scale of DUI. So understand why the Cardinals just severed ties with him. Uh, it's dangerous behavior, and lucky no one was injured or killed, but... 30 teams then passed on Floyd and the waivers and uh, so it lent, lent down to Dallas and New England and New England grabbed uh, him. Why do teams keep letting New England get these players off waivers or in free agency? I just, I never understand it. Yeah, but see, like, that's the thing. I don't think all teams think they have the ability to change players' ways, if you like. New England seems to be like the boarding school for bad Athletes, where <laughs> they go one. and then they, 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 you know, change their way of life, and they think, all right, I've got this chance. But New England's a team that won't tolerate it. They don't, they don't care if 
they're not judged the way other teams are judged because of, you know, their success and their coaching and their other players. So they're just like, all right, if you're, if you're an idiot, we'll just cut you anyway. So, yeah. I think, though, conspiracy. Do you it? I think that it was, it's a contract year. I think Arizona were like, you know what, we don't have the money right now to pay all these superstar players. And if we want to get rid of Carson Palmer and make a big run at Romo or someone, we're going to need to save money somewhere. So we're not going to play Floyd as much. We're going to help him have a bad year. And then I think that Floyd was like, you know what? I see what you're doing here. I'm going to go be an idiot, get cut, and then find a new team. And it's all worked out. <laughs> oh, God. You are really up in your conspiracies. I think we need to have one every week now. I'm going to maybe make a theme song for you. Uh, it will involve the X Files uh, music for sure. I knew we'd, we'd get some work out of it somewhere along the line. Uh, I'll just have to cut it down to under seven seconds, or we'll uh, be hit up for some copyright <laughs> issues. Uh, by the way, Red, I got a few uh, NFL infringements on Redbubble um, for our uh, for our Wooten Y shirts. So, um, can I just say? I had no part of this, and I warned you when this was being made. We, when you were go, but that implies that we actually sold some. <laughs> when you were in your creative element, yeah. And I said, you got to watch yourself. But cause... I'll say this: there's no, uh, there's no NFL logo on it or anything. It's just the letters NFL, which could be an acronym for no flipping newly newly found <laughs> love. Yeah, newfound love. Newfound love. Yeah. Um, that's also what we talk about here a lot on the show is newfound love. Um, so, yeah, but that, that was it. Like, they didn't send us anything else. We just had to take them down. So there's a few shirts still available. It's just, like, two of them. But anyway, um, if you want to buy them, they're not that they're not that great, but there's not many in rotation. So you could, you know, own a, a real treasured piece, could end up on Antiques Roadshow Australia in a few years. All right, let's move on to the last... <laughs> In a few years, whoa, a normal T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's very... I've seen Stranger Things on uh, Antiques Roadshow. All right, last little bit of news before we get to a weird web story that I'm excited to talk about. Uh, ESPN New York reports the league is investigating the Giants for u- the use of a walkie-talkie to call plays in the fourth quarter of last week's win over the Cowboys. And the investigation follows a formal complaint by the Cowboys. Uh, the G-men used the, used the walkie-talkies for one drive because they're having problems with their headsets. Walkie-talkies are not allowed because they cannot be turned off within with 15 seconds left on the play clock, as mandated by league rules. Uh, I think a fine is possibly coming for the Giants. Quarterback Eli Manning did confirm to the New York Post that their communication system was shut down uh, in the entire fourth quarter, and eventually they were just um, having... Uh, Ryan Nassip sort of signal plays to Odell Beckham, and then Odell Beckham would tell the huddle. So he said it was very similar to to high school, and they used the uh, the walkie talkies for four plays, and they're all run plays apparently. Not that that makes a difference, but uh, that's that's what's going on right now. They were incredible run plays, Josh. They were. They were. They were incredible. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Under like I get it. I get that this you know it's a whole it's it's a it's an issue, but. Why can't they just organise for the walkie-talkies to somehow have the 15-second cutoff as well? I'm sure we're at the point where they can do that with technology. This was this was part of the whole Spygate thing as well. When that went down, there was an issues with uh, teams knowing op- opposing signals and whatnot because they were able to hack into like walkie-talkies and all that sort of stuff. Um, very complex stuff. I don't understand how it all works, but I, I agree with you. Why can't I just shut it off? Have an NFL official just actually grab it with like couple of seconds left and just flick it off. I don't 
I don't understand the the, the whole radio wire thing or the technology side of things. Also, one thing with the other team's signals, right? If they don't, this is one thing I don't understand. You might just clear this up for me right now. If they're doing the same signals every week, and like I just turn on coaches film on Game Pass or whatever, and I can I start to learn all their signals. Is that against the rules? No, that's fine. But I think the issue was that teams mix it up a lot, and from a game to game basis. And I think the whole thing with was that they could determine from the first half and make adjustments at halftime. Um, that was from my understanding on uh, on what I've read on the whole issue, but it, it, it is a very confusing topic. But I think a fine's fine. I don't think it was a systematic cheating or anything like that. That's giving Ben McAdoo way too much credit. He's not intelligent enough to pull that off. No, no. And he's the only coach apparently right now that... Uh, did you see that chart during the week on the amount of uh, games that Bill Belichick has to lose to have a better, uh, a worse coaching record than all the opponents in the in the NFL. No. Ben, ben McAdoo is the only one that's uh, got a better uh, record than Bill Belichick, but he's only coached in 13 games, so that kind of helps. But Bill Belichick has to go 0-16 for 41 seasons to uh, have a winning percentage under Gus Bradley. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Uh, he, he, would coach, is, he would coach until he's 105. Wow. Oh, well, poor Gus. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. All right, let's get to our weird web story. you got to get out of here. This is crazy. You're so weird. No. <laughs> You're really weird. You're so weird. All right, so this one's from uh, Tom Brady, TV12. Uh He left a man toothless. Uh, so what does that actually mean? I'll explain <laughs> it. Um, so basically, Tom Brady on his one of his days off this week decided to take a break from, uh, you know, reading tape and watching film on the, the upcoming clash against the Denver Broncos, and thought he'd send the city of Boston on a scavenger hunt for some signed UGGS products. Tom Brady, famously a uh, model or a spokesperson for UGGS, the uh, famous footwear, so he signed three pairs of slippers and put them around the Massachusetts area and left clues on his Facebook page for people to find them. And, you know, whoever found them got to keep a signed pair of uh, Tom Brady signed uh, Ugg slippers. Uh, they look very comfortable. Uh, and then, anyway, so he sent them oh, all I, out. I, I, asked, I asked for a pair of these ages ago. Didn't get them from the person I asked, asked for them from. Oh, but, wow. like, I tried, I tried them on. They yeah. are incredible. Unbelievable. They are so soft and comfortable. Anyway, anyway, there yeah, you go. So we, one... We don't... We don't yeah, we're not paid by Uggs. No, let's not give them for advertising. But if, you know, Uggs, if you're listening, come back to us. Uh, we can, uh, you know, hook something up. Uh, you know, you guys need some Australian uh, some Australian feed in those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. you're, 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 made, you're made with Australian wool, aren't you? Yes, exactly. How about putting some uh, some long, you know, you know, good-looking toes into those shoes on some commercials? How's that sound? Anyway. <laughs> I got ugly feet, so it might come down to you. Um, anyway, so one one guy commented on uh, on Brady's post about the scavenger hunt and basically said his name's Luke Borowski, and he, there's a picture attached to it as well. And he said, "I saw your post about the signed slippers. Three of my favorite things rolled up into one package. I needed to have it to be mine, my precious. Sprinted like the wind, fell like the stone. End result: one missing tooth, two cuts, zero UGG slippers signed by Tom Brady." So if anyone's up at Dorchester Heights, the slippers are gone, but my tooth is still there. 
Nice. So Tom Brady took a screenshot of this and put on his uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks to everyone for giving it their all today, especially Luke Borowski. Luke, sorry to hear about your tooth. Send me an email at uggsfortoothlessluke at gmail.com with a thumbs-up picture of yourself to authenticate, and I'll send you a pair of signed Uggs that you worked so hard to get. <laughs> Great email. Do you reckon that's a legit Great. email? <laughs> I think email. it is because I think it's... I think it is because I think it's just, you know, part of the whole Tom trying to be one with the people. Yeah. I think uh, it is funny. It's very, very funny. It's very creative. If, if if it was all Tom and it was, you know, Tom's, it's like an original Tom thought. It's funny guy. It is. Guy. It is. Uh, I, I have a feeling he has a pretty strong media team behind him to try and repair his image after the whole destroying my phone thing. But uh, it, this is very, very funny. And I want to ask you, would you lose a tooth for a pair of signed Tom Brady Uggs? Damn. Depends. 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 What tooth? Yeah, well, this photo, it's like one of your front teeth. Yeah, that, 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 Then I'll be Uggs. Maybe one of your then... one of your back teeth, maybe, but that's painful. But you can get that replaced. But, uh, no, I, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, having a tooth removed this year, uh, awake, was painful enough. Although I, I think yeah. losing it in one, uh, falling over, would probably be less painful because it would be just quick and easy rather than the constant grind of... You know, my tooth being ripped out of my skull. I agree. I agree. Do you know? You just mentioned that whole repairing the image after the whole destroying the phone thing. Yeah. I think it'd be really funny if Luke sends an email to Uggs for toothless Luke at Gmail, and then Tom Brady like replies and it says sent from iPhone. I would just love that when it <laughs> says down the bottom sent from my iPhone. Sent, sent from, from Tom I- Brady's iPhone. iPhone. He was he yeah. was deleting evidence of you know emailing the common people over missing tooths and uh, UGG slippers, <laughs> very detrimental to the, the inflation of footballs. Just that's huge in the evidence, the mounting evidence there. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to Thursday night football recap. Bit of a meh game, Seattle twenty four, Los Angeles three. Um, so the Rams in the post Jeff Fisher era, not much has changed. Very scrappy, you know, good, not bad defensively. But you've got to feel a little bit better about them, I think, now, moving forward without Jeff Fisher. We talked about this during the week, but just your thoughts on, on Jeff Fisher's firing. We, we didn't get you on during the week, but uh, what were your thoughts on that? Um, well, we spoke during the week, personally, you and I, about the issue, and we found it funny that we can't... Was it the only time a coach has ever got an extension and fired in the same season? That's the first time, right? Yeah, he got the extension earlier this year and then fired. What, four months Which later? Just, what the hell? Anyway, that, <laughs> it is, it's insane. It's unheard of. It's like, oh, great job, great job, but you you know, you really need to keep it up. You've got this new rookie quarterback. It's going to take time, but you better get it done immediately. Like, it's it's insane. But saying all that, I think, do you think Do you think it was just, just a Fisher, the problem, or Snead needed to go as well? Do you think they needed a whole revamp? Or... I think they do. I think they need a total clean-out. Although, like, Snead's hit on a few draft picks. Obviously, offensively, some of the receivers they've taken high have not worked out. Brian Quick and Tavon Austin and, and players like that. They did give Tavon Austin a truckload of cash, probably unnecessarily as well. But, yeah, I think it's more Jeff Fisher than less Snead, but... Uh, yeah, I just I just think they need a a, a total revamp and a, and a total clean out. So we'll see what direction they go in. But I feel a little bit better watching them without Jeff Fisher in that game, even though they got wiped. Um, Goff was Goff was uh, he's in a woeful situation. The O line at some point he got sacked I think three or four times by like five or six players at the same time because the O line every position just got beat. And then you had receivers yeah. drop balls. 
early in that game, and they could have been up 7 to 10 nil. Um, there was two there that were just awful drops. So, you know, you look at his box score and it's not ideal, but he, he got hurt by his teammates a lot early in that game. But his arm doesn't help him as well. But he, he'll work on that in the offseason. I think we shouldn't judge Jared Goff right now. No. Um, Sneed looks like he could fit into the cast of Twilight. He just, he's got this weird <laughs> slick hair thing going. I don't know what it is. He just gives me this real, not, yeah, kind of creepy feeling. Not from this like earth feeling? <laughs> yeah, some weird, some weird sinister stuff going on there in Sneed's mind. I don't know. Bit of a Ben Black vibe? No. <laughs> Shout out to Benny. Yeah, our our, uh, our schoolmate and reigning uh, sushi bowl champion. Um, yeah, gives off a bit of a vampire vibe at times. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on to the Seattle part of this game. I uh, look their offense. You know, twenty four points, and and Wilson hit on a few, you know, deep passes. But I, you know, he played a lot better in the second half. But I still do not feel very confident about this Seattle offense. It's not quite like what it was last year when it was really rolling on all cylinders. Rawls was was running strong, and Wilson was you know, putting himself as a late su- surge into the MVP conversation. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. And, and Rawls isn't quite hitting like they uh, expected. He had 50 yards, less than 50 yards on 21 carries. That's uh, that's pretty ugly. Yeah. I mean, but this, I don't want to take too much from this game. Like, I know there's going to be other well-organized defensive units in the playoffs and things like that. But that's what the Rams are known for when they go up against Seattle. Like, it's just that game. It's just that grinding game. You all, you always know what you're going to get. You just always know it's going to be that kind of game. Like, this, for this game in particular, I mean, how much influence Fisher had in, in regards to these grinding um, games where Rams would come out on top by a field goal and it would be under 20 total points or anything like that. I don't know how much input Fisher actually had into those games and if it was just, you know, it was just coincidental. But I don't know. That's just, you always know it's going to be a low-scoring game with, between these two teams. So I I don't know. I think the, they just, the defense for the Rams, just they, they just know. It's like they play this game like it's their Super Bowl every season because they know they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. So they just go, you know what? Seattle's going to be there at the end of the year. We can say that we beat them twice or whatever. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, I know Atlanta just destroyed them last last week on the road and at you know Los Angeles you know Seattle played them at home and didn't quite put up a, a, as good as a showing as Atlanta but you're right the division games they always play a bit quite closer because they know the strengths and weaknesses a lot more and um so look Seattle now that they're NFC West champions they've clinched the division with that win I just want to mention as well that four, weird fourth quarter Michael Bennett um took a took a, a did a really great sack it was an un, unbelievable sack on Jared Goff then did the uh, the hip thrust gyrating. He did the uh, he did the first two hip thrusts, and then the third thrust just resulted in a flag. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it because you were at a wedding yesterday, but he uh, then on the next play tossed Tyler Higby out, out like a rag doll. Uh, on that's uh, a uh, Chris Wessling line from his recap. I thought that was uh, too good to not put in, but and then knocked himself out by pretty much. You know, going like not head first, but just launched at Todd Gurley in, in less than a second. It was an unbelievable play, but actually knocked him himself out. And then two plays later, Jared Goff got absolutely destroyed by Richard Sermon. He was knocked out. And then a couple of plays later than that, John Ryan does a fake punt, runs for about 36 yards or whatever, bobbles the ball, then he gets knocked out. Yeah, the meme of John Ryan as Kermit the Frog. Have you seen this? No, I have not. I'll have to look it up right now. Yeah. 
and it's it's just Kermit just like squashed laying on the ground and it says John Ryan still like now that's just he's still lying there that's how hard he was hit because he he was creamed so um, <laughs> very clever they did look like yeah. Kermit the Frogs in those uniforms they were ugly I'm, they not, did. I'm not a fan they did you're not a fan I see like I don't know I don't know I reckon Sherman looked beastly in it but oh well, I don't know I don't know. It's a weird color combo. Yeah. Isn't the fashion thing that blue and green shouldn't be seen, and that's just their normal colors? Yeah. So whatever. It is interesting. I still think the Chargers color rush was the best one. That that blue. What? Yeah, that was that was impressive. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on Thursday night football before we preview Week 15 in the NFL? No, kind of went as expected, I guess, so let's go. Yeah, let's do it. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, so we already uh, both uh, one for one on the week with uh, Seattle minus 15 covering against the Los Angeles Rams. Let's move on. There's a game on tomorrow, actually, on a uh, on a Sunday here in uh, in Australia. So we actually get some uh, an NFL Sunday for once. Uh, it is uh, always fun. I always like it when the NFL does this. Fortunately, the matchup is a bit of a garbage one. Uh, Matt Moore against Bryce Petty. Miami, uh, two and a half favorites at $1.87. Jets plus two and a half at $1.95 with William Hill. Uh, Matt Moore filling in for Bri- uh, for Ryan Tannehill after he uh, sprained his uh, ACL and MCL joints. What's your thoughts on this game, Miami? T- still alive in that wild card race? Um, not with Moore, they're not. <laughs> I, I trust more uh, than Bryce Petty, though, in this do game. Do you trust him more? I do. Yes, I trust Matt Moore more than Bryce Petty, uh, but I am but I am worried about <laughs> <laughs> I am worried about their um their other matchups. Uh, you know, down the line in week sixteen and week seventeen. Yeah, no, I still do trust him more than Bryce Petty. You're right. Uh, yeah, give him Miami. Jets just look putrid. They just they they've thrown in the towel a long time ago. Even even their win uh, even their win against the the Forty uh, ers was was not very impressive at all. It probably saved Todd Bowles' job a little bit by having that that comeback and rallying for him. And Matt Forte is probably going to miss this game as well. Bilal Powell's been pretty good in his absence though, but I just think that this. Uh, Miami front seven will be too much for Bryce Petty, who the Jets are really banged up on the offensive line. So the solid Dolphins as well. Mike uh, yeah, Pouncey is on uh, on IR, and Brandon Alberts uh, banged up as well. So we could see a bit of a defensive slog, but I think uh, Miami should should cover at this point with uh, too much to play for and too much on the line. Matt Moore hasn't played a meaningful snap in like five seasons, so uh, it's just been he's probably had the best job in the NFL. You're a backup quarterback. On like three million a year, living in Miami, beautiful area, beautiful city. You just have to coast along, collect your paychecks, and just party on. Yeah, he's like the quarterback version of Daniel Thomas. Like Daniel Thomas, just I don't know how he keeps getting jobs. He's just... <laughs> well, Matt, Matt Moore's. There's plenty of worse backup quarterbacks in the in the league, though. Oh yeah. Plenty, plenty, until he steps on the field and then you realise, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're both on Miami minus uh, two and a half. Let's move on. Green Bay minus five and a half at a dollar ninety-one, taking on Chicago plus five and a half at a dollar ninety-one. Alshon Jeffrey back off suspension for Chicago. We'll probably want to put in some good performances here in the last few weeks to try and show that what his true value is to, to NFL teams before he hits free agency at the end of the season. Matt Barkley, uh, kind of what Blaine Gabbert did last season. Not awful. Not awful down the stretch. Um, and Chicago have been uh, battling hard. Um, there's rumors that John Fox might be might be on the outer there, but I think they should probably stick with him for another year because you know their team's lost so many injuries, but they've remained competitive. And if it weren't for some harsh, harsh penalty calls, they could have beaten Detroit last week on the road. Yeah, it, 
it's weird. Like, what? How, how do you feel about Barkley? Like, what do you look? How, I, do, how do they? I don't think he is your answer at quarterback, but I I think surely they're going to draft someone and they're going to move on from Jay Cutler. So I I think you should draft someone and just have a legitimate competition heading into next season. Yeah, because like I mean. I think everyone had stuck a fork in Barkley and thought, you know what, he's just going to be that backup that, you know, you might get a good game out of, you might get a rough game out of, but you just got to roll the dice with him. And then now he's, like, not proved that he's... I mean, he's somewhat capable. He's better than Brock Osweiler. Yeah. And And Blake Bortles. (laughs) Like, he's better than five or six starting quarterbacks right now in the NFL. And you also got to remember they got Brian Hoyer coming back next season, so... I think most Bear fans accept that this is more than a, a one-year rebuild, and maybe like because the quarterback's not quite, you know, home run hitter's not quite there in the in the uh, draft this season. Maybe they use Matt Barkley as a stop back, a stop gap quarterback for this season while they build the rest of their roster and, and then try and hit that that quarterback next year when you get like your Lamar Jacksons and things like that hit in the draft. Like, it, it is and an this interesting is without, time. This is without Jeffrey. This is without Jeffrey as well. So they're like their biggest offensive threat and weapon yeah. just isn't on the field. No. And who knows if he's back next season? I'm still, I'm still really, you know, up in the air about that. And I don't yeah. know if Jeffrey's returning. Look, uh, and on the other side, we haven't even talked about the, the team that's you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Since he said they're going to run the table, they've been really, really good. Green Bay have been rolling on all cylinders. Aaron Rodgers is playing very, very well, and it's because. His receivers are helping him out. Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams are, are being re- are being really, really good. Randall Cobb, not so much. But Ty Montgomery's been a, a revelation at running back for them the last few weeks. Uh, I actually think they'll probably move on from Eddie Lacy and draft someone. But Montgomery's been a pretty good gadget player for them, a, a theoretic type for them. I, I can see them winning this game, but it wouldn't shock me if Chicago cover a division game at home in snow and, and bad conditions. And with Aaron Rodgers, is questionable with a calf injury at the moment. So... We could see, you know, Chicago play that that dominant possession game with Jordan Howard, who's been really, really good as well. He's been a good find for them. Yeah, um, going into the season, we we were talking about Jordan Howard a lot and like his potential that if uh, you know he, he can grab this starting job with two hands and make it his and be a legitimate running back in the NFL. And it, you know, it looks like we were right. He does look he does look very good. That um, is correct. I still give me Green Bay. It's only it's. One touchdown, I think. Yeah, the Packers. Like I'm taking Green Bay, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a three or four point game. Just the way Chicago have been playing, and their defense has been been quite stingy, despite players that they've lost and and, and Jarrell Freeman and things on suspension. Fangio's done a terrific job. Just you know, this season, you know, good coaches and coordinators have been such a difference maker for teams. Um, all right, Pittsburgh minus three at a dollar eighty seven, traveling to Cincinnati plus three at a dollar ninety five. Cincinnati, uh, you know, their season's over, but. You know, the way that their season ended last season at the hands of Pittsburgh in an ugly, ugly, just dramatic playoff loss, I wouldn't be surprised if Vontaze, Burfecht, and co. are really fired up for this as as a as a real chance to stuff up Pittsburgh's season and stop them from making the playoffs. I, I don't think this is going to be a walkover for Pittsburgh. I think Cincinnati are going to come on to play, and Vontaze Burfecht might take out uh, all three of their big 3-1 game. He did not He did it at some point last season in, across three games. We could see it all happen in one. Perfect, despite my dislike of the man. Great sentence by Wirt. He um, <laughs> hung over <laughs> in fine form. He, uh, he he has been playing very well recently. Oh, and he's a good player. He's just an absolute maniac. He's flipping insane. Yeah. <laughs> nutcase, nutcase. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, he has been playing very, very well. I do think Cincinnati's going to turn up. The, the line being three is very difficult. Yeah, it's it it, uh, it is, and we've and we've known about Ben's road struggles on the road this season. He's he's had more interceptions than touchdowns. His quarterback rating's terrible. And they've, they've struggled. Even last week, he struggled. He did not throw a touchdown through three interceptions, but they've relied on Bell. And, and Le'Veon Bell, uh, if he played all season, I honestly think he he would be in the... I think he is in the MVP conversation, but I think he would be at the top. I think we'd be talking about, you know, Brady, Ryan, Bell, and Zeke at this point um, for, for that MVP. He's just been phenomenal right now, and uh, they excel in December. They've won 11 of the... 13 against the spread in December. So it's a time when they, they have all their players, they're rolling on all cylinders, and I can't see Cincinnati stopping Le'Veon Bell. I think he's going to have a huge day and they'll carry it. But, you know, it's just a little bit of a danger game on the road against a, a division rival, one that's seeking revenge. But, you know, with perfect injuring players and whatnot, there's always a, a good chance that there's going to be a 15-yard penalty in, in a key spot to, to help Pittsburgh get over the line. I think I'm going to go Bengals. Wow. Interesting. I'm taking uh, the hey, man. I'm taking the hey, man. I went I went I went against you and uh Choa last week with the whole Texans Giants thing and that paid off. Yeah, it did. It did it did very uh it paid off very well. Uh it's interesting. Um uh, <laughs> well, yeah, let's, see. let's go. Let's go. You did keep rolling. Speaking of the Texans, they're at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars plus five at a dollar ninety one, Houston minus five at a dollar ninety one. I've I'm uh, you're about to stir my buttons about the Colts, but I just find it funny that we've owned the Texans for the better part of a decade, and now they've got their arguably their worst quarterback in franchise history, and they they've gone two and zero against us this season. Uh, it's an incredibly frustrating uh, to lose to the Osweiler led Texans uh, twice in the one season. It was just horrible displays, uh-huh. horrible displays. But uh, this is a different game for them. I, I'm not sure about this one. Uh... <laughs> Good old Texans, eh, Joshy? Yeah. Good old Texans. The Brock Osweiler, amazing Brock Osweiler-led Texans yep. beat the Colts. By the way, if Jadavian Clowney doesn't play in that game, we probably win. He he was huge last week, and they, they really missed him in that Green Bay game. Um, he He's just so disruptive in the run game. You just can't get anything going. And so this, this is going to help them in this matchup because they're going to force Blake Bortles to throw the ball. And what do we know? about Blake Bortles throwing the ball is it often results in you're more likely to get a pick six than a touchdown at this point with Blake Bortles. Daggers thrown. Um, yeah, it's, I'm not <laughs> I'm not exactly excited to watch the quarterbacking duel of this game. <laughs> I, I thought you were I mean, an NFL I don't know purist. Why. It's just a gut feeling. It's just a gut feeling. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I'm not going to watch the game. I think Houston will win. I think Houston will cover probably just. I do have more faith in them because Jacksonville's season's over and it's just a nothing, yep. just a nothing road dro- like run to the end of the season. So I, I'm I'm going to go Houston because obviously the game means something to them. They've got to keep the momentum going into the playoff, etc. Yeah, and they're at home, um, and that's huge. They've been a different team away. They've been very very bad team away, and they're a bit different team at home. But in saying that, I feel like Jacksonville's defense has been really really good this this season and it's been overlooked because of the, how bad Blake Bortles has been. He's just been killing them in games, but I find Jacksonville has got a stingy defense and I, I think they'll keep this, keep them in it. And the nature of the Houston offense is you won't get many points scored. So I think it will be a low scoring game. So I actually think Jacksonville will cover plus five in this one. I think uh, Houston will probably win by, you know, a, a field goal 
uh, or so. Moving on. Cl- I, I, by the way, I forgot, I forgot to mention this. I'm not sure if actually if I did mention it or not, or I just wanted to mention it. It frustrates me that Houston, it wasn't last week, it was the week before when they cut um, Charles James Yeah. again. And we picked him up. The Colts got him. Wow. The the one great the one positive of my season is that we've signed uh you know Hard Knocks MVP Charles James. So finally some it's cr- charisma the in the hell out of me that someone who the fr- the fans absolutely support who they pay like the Texans would pay next to nothing to keep him on their roster. It just you know someone who gives everything he has to the organization essentially and then They've got Brock Osweiler being paid that much money. Like, I'm obviously they paid they play different positions and things like that. But mm. man, priorities, priorities. He's got priorities, more, he's people. got more charisma in his little pinky than the entire six foot eight of Brock Osweiler. All right, Cleveland exactly. plus ten at a dollar ninety one, traveling to Buffalo minus ten at a dollar ninety one. Um, a lot of talk this week about whether Rex Ryan will still be at coach at the end of the season. Adam Schefter was on Labatar nope. the other day, and he thinks that. Rex Ryan's time's up at the end of the season. They, they really rate Anthony Lynn, who's a guru in the running game, has been you know killing it for LaShawn McCoy and, and Mike Gillisley on the run there. And and then there's also talk about whether Tyrod Taylor's option's going to get taken up with a $27 million, whether he's the answer at, at quarterback. It's, it's hard to be a, a successful quarterback in Rex Ryan's teams. He's never really had success. He's always had these fringe quarterbacks. It's always interesting how it ends up being that way, but... Anyway, they take on Cleveland, minus 10. Luckily for Buffalo, that the worst quarterback on the field will be uh, RG3, and he was woeful last week. He is not the answer to any team's quarterback questions. Uh, I don't see him being on the team next year. I'd rather them play Cody Kessler for the next few games just to get his feet a little bit more wet and get him used to the NFL because he's shown uh, more than RG3 ever has uh, in in, in terms of the last few years. Uh, RG3, obviously, his rookie season was amazing, but... Um, you know, it hasn't translated since then. So I understand then not risking Cody Kessler getting injured because the quarterbacks have been pounded behind that line. But RG3 at quarterback's just a disaster. It isn't the answer, that's for sure. Um, looking at this line before you know that obviously RG3 is the quarterback or thinking about that, you just think that line is insane and Cleveland haven't been that bad, but they really have. Yeah. I always think like, I always feel like, uh, Cleveland aren't that bad because there's been some games where you know they've just shown something, and you think they're not ten points bad, but they really are. Yeah, <laughs> they really are not good at all. Their season is summed <laughs> up in one play last week on the one yard line. They do a flea flicker, and RG three throws it into triple coverage. Like that's that's, that's what happens. It's just Buffalo minus ten. They'll run through them. Sean McCoy will have a field day. I feel sorry for Terrell Pryor and Corey Coleman because with RG3 quarterback, they're not getting a chance to really find their rhythm. As much love as they've given Pryor, he's got a sharp of the trash talk if you're playing on a team like this. Well, he's been fine in, like, off the field. Apparently just during the games, he loves to talk a little bit of smack. I don't don't know. I find some of the shots he's... Like, he's transitioned from quarterback to wide receiver, and he's been pretty good at it. Like, I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty proud of my accomplishments. and, And... He's getting open. The quarterbacks just aren't finding him. Mate, that's just the problem they have. Yeah. That's just the problem Cleveland yeah, has. So. Their best wide receiver is a quarterback. Yeah. No. <laughs> Whatever. Their best quarterbacks are wide receiver is what you're trying to say? No, both ways, mate. Both ways. <laughs> Their best running back, RG3. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
Um, all right, let's move on to Philadelphia. Your Eagles plus six on the road, dollar ninety one. Traveling to Baltimore minus six at a dollar ninety one. No Darren Sproles with a concussion, a nasty hit last week. But uh, Brandon Book, Brooks apparently back for you guys on the offensive line. Uh, thoughts on this game? Well, Josh, I wanted to say something. This is what is going to happen, right? Okay. This is what will happen to finish the year. The Eagles will win out. All right? They, they will win out. All right? So bold the Falcons, strategy. Redskins, Packers will all lose out. This is going to happen. Wow. All right. The, the Vikings will beat the Packers, but they'll lose their other two games. <laughs> the Buccaneers will beat the Panthers in Week 17, and the Saints will lose to either the Cardinals or the Buccaneers and the Cardinals will just lose one of their last games. And that will give the Eagles their playoff spot. Oh, my God. You're listening to that, Undisputed with Skip and Shattered. There you go. That is what will happen. Now, Baltimore have this. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Baltimore minus six for me. Although, um, you know, that game last week, the minute Jimmy Smith went down was when that whole, like, pass defense just was destroyed. It uh, it was, you know, the minute he went down, Brady said, great, there's a hole. I'm going to exploit it. And he did with ease, just like a surgeon, just attacked them. And Jimmy Smith's not playing again. So if there's a chance for anything, uh, you could see, you could see, you know, Carson Wentz attack this, this secondary. That's a way to beat the, to beat the Ravens is, is throwing it deep and, and getting it because uh, this is pretty much, uh, this is from Warren Sharp at Sharp Football. Ravens D, Success rank with Jimmy Smith. First overall, 39% success rate allowed. Number six versus the pass, 43%. Without Smith, 27th overall, 49% success rate allowed. 32nd against the pass, 53%. So they go from sixth in pass defense to dead last in pass defense without Jimmy Smith. That's huge, and no wonder Tom Brady decided to go deep with ease and, uh, and exploit that matchup. So Carson Wentz could... You know, following Brady's suit, and he does, he can throw the ball deep when he wants to. Yeah, he can, but wide receivers need hands. And <laughs> Philadelphia's wide. I don't know, I don't know why their policy is to get wide receivers with no hands. I thought they'd be high on the uh, scout list. <laughs> the priorities. Yeah, it's one of the traits, it's one of the first traits I look for when I'm looking at a wide receiver coming out of college or a free agent. Nah, I, they just don't have enough, and it's just, uh, who knows, to be honest, like Philadelphia are a weird team. It's like, you know, every season when like you talk about it every season with your Colts that like you don't feel like they're going to win the Super Bowl. You don't want them to make the playoffs. You don't want them to perform better because you get a higher draft pick. I want them to show something, but I don't want them to win the game. I don't like it's it's weird to root against your team, but you're thinking like, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> don't win this. I want a higher draft pick. I want... You know, I want the the chance to get, I don't know, yeah. whoever it is in the draft above and, you know, someone else. But I don't know. I just I think that Philadelphia will keep it competitive. There'll be some flashes there. But in the end, it'll just be a grind. It'll yeah. be a grind with Baltimore. I mean, it'll suit Baltimore. It suits Baltimore to grind out games anyway. Exactly. And look, uh, Philly were competitive against Washington last week. So they, they probably will be competitive. But I think just under a touchdown is pretty good value for for Baltimore, who need a win to, to stay alive in the playoff race and for that division. So uh, they'll be hoping on a Pittsburgh you loss. Can't, you also can't say that, 
like you can't say with certainty that Philadelphia were going to score on that final drive and win the game against Washington. But if, like, if our offensive line had been, you know, somewhat intact, Wentz wouldn't have got beaten on the like, the defensive end. I can't remember who it was. Just beat our uh, fill-in right tackle with absolute ease for that play where they they strip sacked. Yeah. Um, Carson Wentz, like that was just gross. It was crazy. Gross. So you've got to be careful against Baltimore's front seven, who are playing very, very well right now. All right, moving on. Tennessee plus five at a dollar ninety-one. Kansas City minus five at a dollar ninety-one. I'm excited about this game. Tennessee, I think, are the best team in the AFC South, and Kansas City are one of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, obviously, some people rate them a lot higher than I do personally. Um, I just, I just, uh, I think. Uh, Tennessee can keep this interesting, and their offensive line's playing very, very well. I think they're probably the, in, in the top five offensive lines in the entire NFL behind Dallas and Oakland, uh, possibly could make the case that they're the third-best offensive line in the league. And I think on the back of that, they could maybe hold up against Justin Houston and co. and uh, keep things interesting here. Kansas City have been relying a lot on you know defense and special teams, and Marcus Mariota is generally safe with the ball, especially in the red zone. I can see Tennessee... Uh, putting up a decent fight in this. I actually, I'm leaning to take them plus five. Um, it's an interesting line. If it can get out to a, to a field, uh, to a touchdown possibly, then uh, I'm all for it. <laughs> I wish I shared your enthusiasm, Josh. I, I, like, I do like the Titans. Uh, yeah, I like watching them play. They're, um, they've, been, they've been fun. I mean, they scare the living daylights out of me as a Colts fan long term because this Derek Henry, Marcus Mariota combo with this young offensive line is, is something to be scary, with, you know, a force to be reckoned with. And they got stacks of picks next year because of all their trade. Yeah, it, it, they've come. They've come out really good. Like they do, they look really, really good. Um, saying that though, Andy Reid's got to be. Who, who's your Who's your uh, pick for coach of the year? Oh, there's so many contenders at this point, but you know what? I'm really uh, depending on how Detroit go. I really like Caldwell. Wow, is that, weird? that is weird. Um, I think I think it's more the coordinators there in Detroit. Terrell Austin's playing fantastically. We're going, to, we're going to talk about Detroit in a minute. And Jim Bob Cooter is coaching fantastically as well. I think Andy Reid's definitely a contender. If if Miami make the playoffs, I think Adam Gase deserves high praise and high mention. I still think Bill Belichick, the way that they handled the first four games without Tom Brady and they get the one seed. Um, you went 3-1 and one and Garoppolo led the league in QBR. Like That's just phenomenal coaching. Uh, so there's plenty of contenders, but I, I, I don't mind you... Andy Reid uh, pick because, you know, he's often overlooked and I, I've made mockery of him before, but he's just a good, safe, reliable coach. And how many how many teams in the league would just die to just have a, a reliable, level-headed coach? I'm, like, put, I'm raising my hand right now. <laughs> it always just seems that there's just like, you know, whenever, you know, the goings get tough or something, just nothing changes. It just it's business as usual. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. Like, yeah. it's just... It's it's good. It's it's good for a team. It's good for stability amongst in the locker room, things yeah. like that. I, I don't know. I like Kansas City. It's only five. I think they can win by a touchdown. I'm yeah. going with the Chiefs. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's playing so well right now. I do worry about. I want to see this defense without Derek Johnson, who's a who's a huge loss for them. Um, he's a, a very good linebacker. So if they can get the run game going, there's a chance for for the Titans. They're moving on. Detroit plus three and a half at a dollar ninety one. Traveling to New York minus three and a half at a dollar ninety one. I call this the margin of victory bowl. These are the two teams that won seven games with an NFL record of a combo- of 27 points differential across seven wins here. Um, a lot of these games have been coming down to one score or uh, fourth quarter final drives for these two teams. So uh, 
the margin of victory bowl. Let's see who's uh, who's got the uh, the more luck or the uh, smaller margin of victory here. Uh, it is in New York. I will say this: Stafford is carrying the Lions, and the Giants are carrying Eli. I think that's how I look at this game. But uh, Matt Stafford's got a finger injury, and he hasn't played outside. He's played in a dome for about eight weeks now, so he hasn't played outside in the elements wow. since since October. So he's got a finger injury, injury traveling to a cold, windy MetLife Stadium. That, that's huge for me. So I'm, I am leaning New York, who whose defense is is legitimate right now. Josh, I think you just sold me. I think I was so ready to just go. Nah, I'm sick of going against Stafford, and he keeps proving me wrong. But I think you sold me. That, yeah. That, that dome weather thing, I like that. Yeah, he's he's played inside for for a lot, and that obviously helps and and, and helped his stats. But now, with, like, if if he didn't have that finger injury, I wouldn't worry about it too much. But you haven't played outside in months, and now you have a finger injury. There's just too many elements there to to really worry about it. And I will say this as well: the Detroit defense has played really well the last couple of weeks. I think they're averaging about 16 points a game over the last month defensively. Terrell, Terrell Austin's doing a phenomenal job. I think he. If the Rams are really serious, I think he could be a good head coaching candidate down there. Uh, he's not a flashy name, but I think he'd be a really good one. I liked him for the Colts last season, so we'll wait and see how it pans out. But uh, this has the makings of a low-scoring game. It feels like a wild card game, really. Wild card. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the Giants now. Yeah. You, you, you've, talk, you've talked me out of my Detroit pick. Thanks. Wow. Thank I should have you let, you, let you speak first, but... Uh, I, uh, he wants Stafford to prove it's wrong, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and march on to MVP status. But the uh, the Giants, Eli Manning's still playing horrible, but they still managed to find ways to win. It's just uh, it's crazy right now. All right, moving on. Indianapolis, plus 5 at $1.91. Traveling to Minnesota, minus 5 at $1.91. Uh, this game has zero playoff implications whatsoever. Uh, I will say this. Indianapolis are missing three of their starting offensive linemen, who are terrible anyway. And now we play the number one number one defense in terms of getting to the quarterback, or the number three defense getting to the quarterback. It's going to be ugly. Uh, I think Andrew Luck will be on the ground a lot in this game, and I have zero faith in the Colts covering the five line. Josh, Minnesota need to lose this game for Philadelphia to make the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm really banking on your Colts to do something. Uh, I'm interested... Are you are you betting against the Colts because you think it's a reverse thing? No, I, think... I I generally think they won't be able to get much going. Dante Moncrief is out, um, so we need Philip Dorsett to step up, and he's just been an absolute disaster. He's been an absolute bastard. Hey, you got, and he got called out midweek. Yeah, he did, and rightfully so. Um, he he deserved every bit of that calling out. But I just but him and Aguilar can go hang out with their own in their own bust wide receiver round one. They can come play flag football with us in our league. See how they go. Um, at this point, I can cover. Yeah, it's um, you know at least we've got hands at this point. But I, I do worry that the, the Colts quarterbacks have been sacked forty times this season, thirtieth in the NFL. The Vikings have sacked quarterbacks thirty-five times this season, third in the NFL. And we're missing three starters on the O line, so I just I can't see us generating enough. And I, I feel like and Adrian Peterson apparently is playing in this game. He said he's back, so um, we'll wait and see whether that's the case. But I feel like they'll be able to get the job done. Um, they they had a good showing last season. The Jags' defense was just stingy in the red zone, whereas the Colts can't do that. So I'm taking Minnesota. Yeah, I'll take Minnesota then. I like your input on the on the Colts. Last time you went, ah, oh, 
No, I'm going against the Colts because I think the reverse psychology will win. So I bet on the Colts and I won the bet. So. Yeah, well, I ended, up change, I ended up changing in the last second. I thought, no, that's stupid, and we won by like 40 points or whatever. So that was uh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, New Orleans plus three at a dollar eighty-seven. Traveling to Arizona minus three at a dollar ninety-five. This this playoff this game has zero implications into anything. Um, uh, so I don't know who I'm going to take here. It's Drew Brees is coming off some some back-to-back performances with zero touchdowns, which is hard to believe when you see Drew Brees, although Brandon Cooks dropped an absolute sitter and so did Travaris Cadet. And Arizona, weird game last week in the monsoonal rain. This is a weird game. I, I don't know where the teams are at, what they're trying to achieve at this point when the season's up. The season's pretty much over for both of them. It's a nothing game. This, that's exactly our thoughts on the game. You just sighing and... and <laughs> I'll take whatever. Uh, I'll take whatever's got the highest price. I'll take Arizona. You reckon? Yeah, I don't know. Why not? Like I know it's a. I know it's a who cares game, but far out. It's Arizona just... keeps letting me down, and then so do the Saints. I have no. I have no interest in watching this game or seeing any of it. All right, all right. Let's go Arizona. I can see David Johnson having some success. That, oh, that's the only thing I guess that's he's trying to break a record. Uh, you know, thousand rushing, thousand passing, get it done. Um, all right, San Francisco. Get that done. Get it done, bro. Plus 13 at $1.91, San Francisco. Traveling to Atlanta, minus 13 at $1.91. Julio Jones is out, rightfully so. You don't need to play him in this matchup. Rest him up. Get him right for the games that really matter. You've got Taylor Gabriel carving it up anyway. Um, I'm taking Atlanta, minus 13. I think they will pretty much do what they did last week to the Rams and just dominate from start to finish. Uh, my only concern is just hopefully them trying to contain Carlos Hyde and get their defense right, but... Uh, I think on the back of Vic Beasley, who's in the Defensive Player of the Year race, and Deion Jones in the Defensive Rookie of the Year race uh, can uh, come up big for them. Yeah, I, I have no faith in San Francisco. San Francisco's season's done. You let, just... you let Bryce Petty lead a comeback in overtime. How? <sighs> uh, mate, you don't have to tell me. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> now you're playing the MVP, Matt Ryan. No way, mate. You, uh, you're going to get gutter stomped. Mate, you can ride that bandwagon as much as you want. Yeah. You shouldn't. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm, I'm probably the last one left on the uh, Matt Ryan MVP. Are you all in now on on Tom Brady being the MVP? Tom Brady or Zeke? Yeah. I, like I know Zeke's got the whole offensive line thing, but what he's doing is still incredible. Yeah, it still, is. It's, it, it's definitely a, one of them. It's a weird MVP race. There's like five or six names, and if it ends up being one of them, like it wouldn't surprise me at all. All right. Uh, speaking. Uh, I, I still like. I still like, even though it's nothing convincing or good. Stafford's just doing some weird stuff, and it's yeah. exciting, so I don't know. Whatever. It's weird. Uh, all right, New England. Those, those that are talking about Dak, though, uh, you know, pull your heads in. Anyway. Yeah, he's been great, but let's, you know, let's uh, let's temper the expectations down a little bit too much. Um, although there's people there that are saying that Dak is only good because of his situation, which I think is going too extreme the other way. I think uh, yeah, yep. I think he yep. is a good, good quarterback, um, in, playing in a very good position. Uh, obviously, if you switch Tim and Carson Wentz around, it would you'd probably see similar results. But I think uh, you know that's. It would you rather? To... All right, you're starting a new team. Would you rather build around Wentz or Dak? I I would probably lean towards Dak just a little bit because he's a little bit younger than Carson Wentz as well, and he's just showed a little bit more poise and fluid movements. But the, you, you could see it next next year in Carson Wentz just taking a step forward, coming from Division Three, like. His ceiling's really high. It's, it's just hard to... Would you rather build around Mariota, Winston, Wentz, or Dak? 
I love. Or Dak. I do love. I, yeah, I do love. I do really love Jameis Winston, but it's hard to go past Marcus Mariota though. He's just. Um, he's such a good. He's yeah. I I don't know. I think if you end up with either one of those four, you're all right. Winston's playing really really well as well. That's tough. I think I'd probably lean towards Winston or Mariota. What about yourself? Right. Man, I don't know. I've got I've got a crush on Mariota. I feel like Winston can be like a next Cam Newton. Yep. I've watched Wentz all season, and it's like there's so much confidence and ability there. It's just a bad situation. Yep. And then you've got Dak, who looks good, but you don't know how much of it is the team around him. Yeah, so so, so many question marks. Yeah, because you, you the, the range of outcomes with Dak is if you put him in like in like say the Colts situation or, or Philly situation. You could see him not doing so well, but he could also still just play the exact same. You just don't realize, you just don't know like what, what that range of outcomes could be. But he's made like changes at the line of scrimmage and, and delivered on some big clutch throws. So we've got to give him some credit. But I don't think MVP is the way to go. But speaking of New England MVPs, Tom Brady uh, playing in Denver, the only place he's never he doesn't have a winning record. Uh, he's minus three at this point. Dollar eighty seven. Denver plus three. Dollar ninety five. Need a win to stay alive in the wild card race. The defending Super Bowl champions. After an ugly loss to the Titans last week, different team at home though. But uh, I'm leaning towards New England here minus three. I think if they can score sort of 14 points, we saw last week, it's really tough for this Denver offense who are struggling to run the ball and pass protect. Their offensive line's really struggling at this point. Um, I can't see them scoring enough points to get over. I think New England can just sort of sit on the lead here and, and grind out a good game. Yeah, me too. I think this is set up perfectly, and it's not. It's. I know New England have kind of like cemented where they're at in the league. It's like they're they're going to the playoffs. They know where they're headed. It's it's just kind of like going through the motions to finish off the regular season. But like you said, Brady has a losing record there, and this kind of game has some emphasis considering that New England can stick a fork in Denver after last season and just ride off their playoff chances so I like them I mean I like New England in this situation yeah and it's a it's a revenge game for them too you know they they got knocked out last year and this is a chance for them to really put a nail in the coffin of Denver this year and, and get things done and New England now are the number one team in DVOA in football outsiders so uh, they are by uh, all metrics the uh, the best team in the uh, in the NFL and uh, I think they'll get the job done it could be ugly for a while um, I did mention that they really only got rolling once Jimmy Smith went down they were slowly getting 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 momentum but it really got blown wide open when Jimmy Smith went down so we'll wait and see how they go against Talib and Co there in the uh quote unquote no fly zone. Uh Oakland minus three, two dollars and five cents, San Diego plus three to dollar eighty. Uh possibly no Melvin Gordon in this game. Kenneth Farrow will get the start. Feels like forever since Oakland played a game. It's been it feels like forever ago and it was one of an their ugliest performances of the season by Derek Carr. So now they're traveling on the road again. Another dangerous game for them. Um, San Diego have been uh, a streaky team where it doesn't surprise you any week where they beat someone. I mean, you could see San Diego beating New England in New England at some point. Like, it just would not shock you. No. And part of me is worried. Well, part of me is worried that Oakland are slowly collapsing. It was, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit... I don't know. It's like they've they got hot at the wrong time, and I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried that they, you know, they they've they've peaked too soon. This this game will be a real test to show like where they're at, especially because San Diego have nothing to play for. They're just they're done. And they've got a lot on their mind. Are they going to be in San Diego next year? They're going to be in LA. Is they, are they going to be the LA Chargers? Are they gonna, like what? 
Like, what is going on? Is their coach going to be around next year? There's a whole range of outcomes. If they are moving to LA, does that mean Mike McCoy stays? If they're not, does that mean he's gone? There's just all these different scenarios going through right now, and they're really banged up right now. Brandon Flowers is, is missing this game as well. Um, it's hard to pick Oakland minus three after what they played, but they've had 10 days rest, um, and they were able to get the win. Melvin Gordon's a huge loss, but uh, I'm going to lean towards Oakland in this one. But uh, as I said, it wouldn't surprise me on any given week with the Chargers. I still love watching them play. Yeah, but all right, I'm going Oakland. I'm Rivers, going Oakland. Rivers, has, Rivers has had probably a, a bad few weeks. Um, he's gotten down in games and, and thrown some interceptions, trying to claw his way back in the game. But uh, because he's hasn't gotten the ball rolling early, that's why they find themselves down in games. Uh, I want to mention as well. Pace, I mean, it's, it's hard to go out there and feel confident in like with what they've got. It, it is really difficult to see. Like I don't know. It's, yeah, it has to be demoralizing going out there thinking, you know, like this is another season where everything was killed off in the first couple of weeks with injuries, and and it's got to like it's a grind on your on your uh, on you know your your mind and your focus and everything. Like just going through a season, just thinking what could have been if Bosa had played early on, if like everything just went smoothly, the team had a good shot at becoming something. Yeah, I I agree with you. And how hard? Yeah, it must be so hard for Rivers to just get motivated every week after you know. Now he's thrown to Inman and Williams and Kenneth Farrow. Like, where did it all go wrong? Like at the start of the year, I had Woodhead and and Keenan Allen and all this stuff going on, but it's just the injury luck. And it's it seems to be this like it's third or four year, three or four years in a row that the injuries have just mounted up against them, and it's just like. Oh boy, and now you've also got the possibility of uprooting your twenty thousand kids and moving to one of the you know weirdest cities in the world. In Los Angeles, a bit different to San Diego, so a lot on his mind. So I don't I don't really blame him too much. Uh, moving on, Sunday night football, Tampa Bay plus seven dollar eighty seven, Dallas minus seven dollar ninety five. Really excited for this game, Tampa Bay in prime time. It's been a long time since we've seen that. Uh, happen, and this is a crucial, crucial game. Demarcus Lawrence out for Dallas as well, which is their best pass rusher, so that's a huge loss. Uh, this game, I, uh, I'm i really excited to see what Evans and, and uh, Winston can do against this Dallas secondary and how this Tampa Bay defense that's shut down people and shut down Thomas Rawls a few weeks ago, how they're going to approach uh, Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I don't know. I think I want to go Tampa because they're the flashy team. They're like, they're, they're and it's like I don't know. I like going for the the kind of underdog and yeah. things like that. But I don't know Dallas. I just feel this is a Dallas steady the ship. Hey, everything's not lost. It's just you know it was just one game. Look how we bounced back after the last one. Just that kind of thing. We've got to get our heads in the game. Get back to what we were doing. Dax like Dax's been in the press a lot lately, and they're saying you know form slumped and mm. things like that. I just think this could be a game where Dax signs. Who knows? But I think, I mean, Tampa's defense has been really stingy. Like, they've been really good, which is just incredible considering how they were playing early on in the season. They looked like they were just it's going to be a shootout every week. So it's it's really interesting about this, this offensive line. I just think it, it's not the, it's the New York Giants this year just had Dallas's number. That's just, that's how I look at it. I think it was just that division rivalry. It was their bogey team. I think Dallas comes back and steadies the ship this week. Yeah, and they only lost by three on what was Dak's probably worst performance of his career uh, to this point. So, you know, he missed a lot of wide-open throws and, and didn't get, go through his progressions as, as 
efficiently or as quickly as you'd hoped. But Tampa Bay are, are quietly a really steady team. 15th-ranked offense on DVOA, 10th-ranked defense, 22nd on special teams. So they're, they're pretty stellar across the board. Obviously, special teams is weighed down by Roberto Aguayo. Um, this could be a big spot where you could see the... Uh, you know the high round kicker blowing and missing a field goal and costing them a game here, um, which would just be heartbreaking for the guy that's already got enough pressure on his shoulders. So it could come down to something like that. I, I'm I'm leaning Dallas uh, because it is seven. If I could buy a point, and I probably will, and get eight or seven and a half, I might lean Tampa Bay. But I think Dallas will win by by a touchdown. But I am keen to watch this game and watch this uh, defense play. Uh, we we were fans of their high round draft picks. Before the Aguado, Aguayo pick in uh, Noah Spence and Vernon Hargraves, and both have been playing really, really well for them. Yeah. Yep. All right, last game, Monday night football, the Josh Norman revenge game. Carolina plus 6.5 at $1.91. Washington minus 6.5 at $1.91. I, I think this game, you know, a lot of focus will be on Josh Norman. I, I feel like he has an easy matchup against Kelvin Benjamin, who's hasn't quite had a great season. I feel like he's a little bit slow off the mark, and I think Josh Norman will have his cover. On the other side of the ball, I'm excited to see what Jamison Crowder can do against uh, this Panthers team that allows a lot of yards after catch, and Crowder ranks seventh in the NFL for it. I think Crowder's going to have a big game and carry uh, Washington to glory and keep uh, keep them sneakily. Like Everyone's forgotten about Washington because of those uh, that loss to Arizona really hurt them, but uh, if they can get a win and the Giants get a loss, or or, or the uh, Packers get a loss here. They're they're well and truly in that wild card race. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think last week really showed me that Washington just they're not a complete team. Like I thought, there's been so much talk about how like they're underrated and that they have kind of like a solid team, but I feel like there's just I don't know. They, they don't. They don't gel together. Like it's just. It's odd. It's really odd. And like each and every week, you think Kirk Cousins is great, and then the next week you think he's horrible, and then you think he's great again, and then it's bizarre. They're a really bizarre team. I don't think they have enough quality there, or I don't know what it is. I, it's really hard for me to put my finger on it because I thought like at some points last week I thought they were putrid and Philly were going to run away with the game, and then at other times I thought, what was I thinking? Philly's going to get smacked by this team. And oh, it, was, it was really bizarre. It was really, really bizarre. And I don't know. I think Deshaun Jackson could still have success, though. Yeah. I, I do think he could have some success against his team. I, I don't know. I think I, I like the Josh Norman narrative, though, as well. That's I good. do like that. I think that, that could be a firing, uh, like a fire up kind of thing, get the, the home crowd. Fired up for yeah, Washington. it's it it's going to be uh, entertaining anyway for a primetime game as an added bonus because it's not really that exciting of a matchup. So uh, I'm I'm keen to watch uh, watch Josh Norman play against his former team, and uh, I like Josh Norman. I think a lot of people don't like him when he speaks off the field, but I find he has a lot of charisma and personality, and you don't get that too often. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. What he can provide, and if they do get the win, what he's what he's going to say in the post match? Because it's obvious if they do win, they'll, they'll bring him up on the uh, NFL Network, uh, the bench there post match. Because uh, why not? It's it's a big game for him. I, I'm I'm taking Washington minus six and a half. What about yourself? Me too. Yeah. Me too. All right. Let's time for our lock of the week. The Wooten Y lock of the week proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right. What is your William Hill lock of the week? You know, I've been. I've been getting these crazy regular tips right, like Houston, like Giants last week. I was I was happy with those. I was going against the grain of you and Archoa. <laughs> but 
but I was getting my best bet wrong. Yeah. And that was that was annoying, and that hurt me in multiple ways. So I'm just gonna go back to back to you know gut feeling kind of thing and not go risky with my best bet and look like a hero. And I'm just gonna go against my team and go Baltimore minus six against Philly. All right, Baltimore minus six against Philly is Woot's lock of the week. I'm just going to uh, go safe because I've been horrible at these all season long. Um, it's just been an absolute uh, shocking display from myself, and I apologize to the audience here. But uh, at this point, they've abandoned ship on our lock of the weeks, and they're probably just crossing them off the list and narrowing it down for them. So probably helping the punters in a way we don't expect. Taking Atlanta minus 13. I think they'll roll San Francisco, and I think uh, they'll do it comfortably. I, I think Matt Ryan probably will sit out the fourth quarter like he did last week and, and rest up. So that's... That is pretty much it. So Baltimore minus six, Atlanta minus 13 are our locks of the week. And uh, that wraps up the show. Woot, uh, any last thoughts before They'll we... They'll roll them. They'll roll them. They will. They'll roll them at home in the Georgia Dome. Uh, any last thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, thoughts about football or just in general? Just, just in life? Just, just anything. It's been, it's been a while since you've been on because of the, your work schedule and, and, and life. Uh, it's a busy time of the year, December. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I wish, the, I wish Mother Nature had sort herself out. She's a moody one. She is. She's a bit of a moody woman, this one. It's been very... Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, sorry. Hottest December day in Sydney ever. That was a Coldplay night. Thanks for that. Yeah. That was, that was appreciated. Mother... And, <laughs> and then the next day I'll be bloody cold. Yeah. I don't get it. It's... I don't get it. That's... Yeah. Woot's rant on weather's over. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to Christmas. I am. So I'm, I'm so, looking forward to getting past this grind at the moment. Life is so hectic. Everything's going on. Christmas parties, concerts, weddings. Uh, mate, just work in general is just bloody hell. It's bloody hell. It's been, it is absolute chaos. The good thing is Christmas Day here in Australia, eight hours of red zone, back-to-back, 12 games. We've also got two NFL games on Boxing Day to mix in with the cricket. Merry freaking Christmas. Yeah. And uh, we also got uh, some uh, NBA and NFL and cricket on Boxing Day. So that's something to look forward to. I'm actually going away on the 27th, so we're going to have a little bit of a weird schedule across the last couple of weeks. But uh, we'll provide you with some content nonetheless before we head into the playoffs and uh, wrapping up the regular season. Yeah. So, um, yeah. um, well, I was going to say, on the by the way, on the lead-up, to Christmas and things like that. Perfect gift would be a Lunar Bowl ticket. Also, the speaking of Lunar Bowl tickets, talking to the people that are organising and things, tickets are really starting to sell now. Like, yep. people, it's like New Year's Eve. You know, every year there's yep. like a week out and you're like, ah, oh, we'll sort something out. We'll sort something out. This can't be done with the Lunar Bowl. Like, and people are starting to think now, what are we doing? What are we doing? Is our team in the Super Bowl or are we... Do we not care? Are we just good NFL fans? We're just going to go watch whatever team's in it. Where's the best place to watch it? Luna Park, mate. That's right. Luna Park. In Sydney. Is the place to be. Don't leave it out and then miss out on tickets. So don't leave it too long. Don't miss out on tickets. You know, I'm not actually going to go into numbers and things, but the amount of tickets per day that we're selling is just insane. Like people are getting on board. So I'm it's, loving it. It's great. And uh, I'm excited for it. So if you just head to www.bigtopsydney.com, you can buy tickets to the Lunar Bowl, the first ever Lunar Bowl. You can be a part of history, first ever uh, Super Bowl party at Lunar Park, the iconic venue in Sydney. And uh, that wraps up the show. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow Woot. 
At Woot, etc. You can follow the show at Woot and Why, and you can like us on Facebook, The Woot and Why Show, and listen on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Radio Hub, Wooshka, and uh, yeah, give us a follow. Get them out it. <laughs>